How's it, guys? Are we good? I think the rain has stopped. I don't know. I actually missed my alarm this morning because that therapeutic sound of rain. I don't know. Do you guys ever fall asleep with that thing? You is a problem. It's dangerous, man. Dangerous. But it's Sunday morning. It's quarter to 11. I don't know what happened with all the time. Um, but yeah, geez, I know, right? Did you, guys, did you guys have a good time in worship? It was a bit weird for us because the drum kit was falling apart. Oh no. <laughs> Jared's giving me this look. I'm like, why do you look so panicked? And then I look down, there the drum kit's on the floor. Huh? What? <laughs> I'm trying to hold my guitar and I'm trying to, uh, to fix this thing. He's like, no, leave it, leave it. I'm like, okay, soldier, you got this. <laughs> but at least you kept it, bro. Well done. Well done. You kept it. But God is amazing, amen? His grace is amazing, his love is amazing, his peace is amazing. Everything about him is amazing. Llewellyn, bro, sorry man, that bag that's on that counter there, we're in front of Delron, can you please bring it to me? Hey, thanks, Antilu. Can we get a warm drink in Thank the you. <laughs> <laughs> Um Because <laughs> I hate this chair, it makes my boop hang over my, I can just feel it here. I'm pretty sure no one noticed until you mentioned that. <laughs> I, I, can, I can feel it. Never mind, notice it. So everybody say, catching the vision. Awesome. Now, this is not a business meeting where we're going to tell you to catch the vision, okay? We're catching the vision of the kingdom this morning. Amen? Mm. Turn to the person next to you and say, we've got to keep the vision. Keep the vision. Hello. So the scripture says... Um, I'm not too sure what scripture, uh, what verse it is. Maybe the boys at the back there can find it for us. But the Bible says that a man who casts off restraint will perish. A man who has no vision dies. Mm. That's a hectic scripture. Are you guys with me? Mm. Say this, say now listen carefully. I just want to ask everybody to, to settle down, uh, put your phones off. Um, let's take God's word serious. Amen? And let's respect everybody else who's, who's trying to listen to the message as well. Okay? So, say this with me. Say, if I have no vision, I perish. Amen? What is the vision? Can anyone tell me? Love your neighbor as yourself. Anyone else? Walking with God. It's a good one. Yeah. Knowing he loves you. Oh, I thought you're putting your hand up there, stretching. Okay. Making disciples. Okay. So all of those things that you guys just mentioned now, those are... Uh, um, Parts of the vision, but there's one vision that we have to hold to, okay? And that scripture actually says this. Now, listen, this is what it means, okay? When it says, a man with no vision perishes, it's talking about a man without the, re the redemptive revelation of Jesus. Without the redemptive revelation of Jesus in his heart, he will perish. Interesting. We're going to get into that this morning. Give God a big round of applause. 
Yeah, so so it's an interesting one because when you know we we've emphasized uh, for a long time that you know in in church or anywhere in life when you hear a word you create a picture, right? And uh, with that picture um, that you carry, it's always based on your experience, your understanding, your knowledge. It's not necessarily uh, the definition that the person who's communicating with you is trying to give you, right? Hence why communication is a difficult thing for a lot of people is because, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. It's like, okay, but wait, then why didn't you say that, you know, sort of thing. So when we talk about uh, um, biblical words, you know, uh, we got to make sure that we are understanding God's definition of that word. Are you with me? So when we say vision, some people might think, wow, goal, you know, 10-year plan. Right, because that's how it's, you know, that, that's typically what we've understood about it. Yeah, yeah that's how it gets preached. Um, when we say vision, some people might actually think physical sight. You know, and uh, th there's many different definitions that we all could hold. But the only time the word becomes powerful in our lives is two steps. Firstly, we accept it as God intended it to be accepted, and we apply it. Are you guys with me? Because it's no point in God saying something we take our own version on it and do it that way. Are you with me? Then we can't get upset that it didn't work. It's the age-old example of you buy something, it comes with the user's manual, but you don't use it the way the user's manual says you must, and then you give the product a one out of five star. And you're like, no, this is terrible. Hello, Peter, what, what? And then the manufacturer comes back, he's like, yeah, but you didn't use it the way we said you must use it, you know? Are you guys with me? So this vision that we're talking about this morning is actually, and all those things that everyone mentioned this morning is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, but believe it or not, it's what the vision produces. Listen carefully. All those things that you guys mentioned this morning is what the vision produces. Because, you see, we have become, we, we have been, as human beings, very shallow for centuries now, maybe millennia, <laughs> since the beginning without God, you know? And all we are able to perceive is symptoms and results. How many of us can actually get to the point where we understand the source of an issue? Where we can answer the proverbial why? Now listen, don't worry, this is not philosophy 101, so take it easy, all right? But the principle in the Bible is that once the pattern, the template, the blueprints that God has set up in creating everything by His design, they automatically produce what they're supposed to produce. I mean, if, if, you, if you have no conviction about that, you just look at how a baby is made, right, in the womb. After conception, who is there busy plugging in eyes and growing hands and all that stuff? Who's doing that? That is a blueprint God has designed, and look what it produces, a human being. Are you guys with me? So God, in his nature, in who he is, he's incredibly efficient, guys. I mean, really, one guy gets born into the world, Jesus, and he deals with the sin of everyone. Now, if that's not efficient, I don't know what is. Don't tell me about Japan and Tokyo and the Chinese, nonsense. Like, their, their bullet train can be five seconds late and it's late, that's great. But you're telling me one person can pay the price of sin for everyone who was and was to come. No, no, that's efficiency, right? It is in God's nature. And as Christians, we become very frustrated because we're not operating in that same efficiency. We're trying to hack the results and hoping we get it right. But God says, if you get the core thing right, everything else is effortless. 
Now, effortless has been a buzzword in church in the last decade or so. You know, effortless, uh, you know, everything's effortless with God, you know. And, and that truly is speaking to uh, uh, getting the vision right, right? But it's not speaking to the fact of saying, okay, God said it, it's going to happen. That's not what it's talking about, you see. Because, like we mentioned, and, and we've mentioned this on Wednesdays. If you guys aren't coming to Wednesday, please come to Wednesday. They are amazing, okay? All those who come to Wednesday say? All right, awesome. That's, that's quite a lot. <laughs> but... How many of you know that the Bible says God loves you, right? It says that he is love, right? But then why does the Bible then also say, I pray that the love of God dwell in your heart through faith? If the love of God is not in your heart, does that mean God doesn't love you? No. God is love. God's love is unconditional, right? But can you see that in the Bible, it doesn't just say God is love and he loves you says, no, 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 no. There is a completion destination for that love, that it may be in your heart through faith. Now, the question is, why? Why must it be there? Can't we just go out and love our neighbor and make disciples and all those other great, lovely-sounding things? Why can't we just go and do that? Why must the love be in our hearts through faith? Be oh, sorry? Yeah, 100%, 100%. There's another step before that as well. And that is because that without his love, we never go beyond ourselves. Without his love, we never go beyond our lack. Without his love, we never go beyond our brokenness. Without his love, we never go beyond our stress, like, like you were talking about, you know? So if we're talking about the love of God, right, it's not just like, oh, it's nice, God loves me. No, because God loves you, right, there is a fundamental change in your perspective that you need to have about yourself. Are you with me? Just like uh, uh, we've, been, we've been having in our sessions, and I know we say a lot of controversial things here, but they're only controversial in context of traditional Christianity, okay? In terms of the Bible, they're accurate, okay? But uh, when, we, when we talk about, oh, no, you know, God loves me, and, and uh, um, I have the peace of God, and I'm called, and I'm all these things, right? Why is it that all those things translate to tasks? Why is it that all those things translate to every single one of us trying to do something, trying to tick a box, trying to achieve something? Can we truly say that we're in love? Because like you asked Rinus and Lucia this morning, thank you for all the... <laughs> Tinus and Lucy. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> like you asked them this morning, uh, when you're in love, are you obsessed with doing things? Do you just want to go out and do all romantic things all the time? Or are you just doing those things as a byproduct of being with the person? Are you with me? You know, you can ask anyone who's truly in love. They will tell you, listen, we can be in a room for hours and just be next to each other and not say anything. And people who aren't in love is like, yes, what's wrong with you? It sounds like the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. What the flip? Until he's like, no. I'm just giving examples. Just take a breath. It's all good. I know you and T-Dog there, you got it going, it's all good. 
L is for the way you look. I'm kidding. But do you guys understand what I'm saying? The love of God was never meant to be fuel for you to go and do something. The love of God was meant for you to be whole. The love of God was meant for you to have value. But because we do not have the diligence and the willingness to open our hearts to God, what do we do? We say, no, the love of God is given to us so we can go and love others, so that we can go and make disciples, so that we can go and change the world. I'm not saying that's wrong. What I'm saying is it's not the start. Are you guys with me? You see, when you're in love, now I'm talking, okay, you're going to have to get in here, obviously. You know, you're married and I'm single, you know, that all stuff. <laughs> but I have been in love. Okay, but never mind. I'm in love with Jesus, man. You know, Jesus is in love with me, okay? So that thing about love, right? You guys know, and oh, look, look all the faces lighting up. You see, this is, I'm telling you, it is because everyone right now is linking it back to being in love, right? Being in love has got nothing to do with tasks, checklists, missions, all this stuff. Being in love is about a connection. Are you with me? It's about an exchange. It's about enjoying someone on a completely selfless level where you just sit in pure appreciation of who they are. Are you guys with me? You know, some mornings we, we, we get up here, hey, for worship. <laughs> and we'll walk in here and, man, our hearts are so full. And then we'll be like, so what are we doing today? We're like, yo, man, can we just like... Like, we don't want to do anything. Not because we're lazy, but because, man, we just want to be in awe of God. Are you guys with me? But obviously, that's not always feasible, because then you guys come in here and you're like, what is this band doing? Like, why are they not making music? Like, you're a band, you know, sort of thing. But love has to come from that place. You see, we can't have a more fulfilling love with a person than what we have with Jesus. Because, you see, people are not interested in Jesus because his love's not fulfilling them. And it's not his love that's the problem. No, it's not. It's because they refuse to accept what the new vision is, which is what we've been talking about this whole year, living by faith, new realities in Christ, all these things, right? We cannot, because, because we have such a fallen perspective of ourself and a vengeful judgment perspective of who God is, we cannot just sit with God and connect with him like how we would connect with someone we love. I said it. You know, there's an account in Exodus 33, right? You can go read it. It's called the Tent of Meeting, okay? You guys know it, right? And I spoke to you about this in 2009, I think, or something. That was a long time ago, right? And because I, I really had a desire in my heart to know God, you know? I'm like, I can sit and talk to Didi for like hours, right? I mean, even when I go to his house, we'll be outside, we'll be talking, and then Trish will be inside and be like, yes, it's these two. They're like a married couple. I'm like, sorry, Trish, you know, we're talking about Jesus, you know. <laughs> it's happened, right, many times. <laughs> and then she'll come and be like, listen, I'm going to sleep now. It's late. I'm like, okay, ask kiss. <laughs> but um, I, want, I knew in my heart that something even better than this is possible with God. Do you know why? Because love in any form comes from him. Any form of love that we can express to each other is the most diluted, watered-down thing compared to the love of God. It is just one tiny fraction of what agape love, God's kind of love is. Are you guys with me? Right? So in this, this verse, Exodus 33, 
called the tent of meeting. It says Moses would walk into this tent, right? A cloud would descend over the doorway. And listen to this. And Moses and God would speak to each other face to face as friends do. Now, I don't know about you guys, but let's put it in a modern term. Maybe you had coffee, maybe you're having lunch, maybe you're just chilling watching a movie, whatever it is. But there is a deep connection that Moses was having with God there in that tent. Same like on the mountain, same like for the rest of his life. Are you guys with me? And it's so dangerous that when we come to church and we hear about God, we start thinking about things to do. We start thinking about problems to fix. We don't think about a person to connect to. Everyone say, this is a problem. Say, this is a Those of you online will add subtitles later. But are you guys with me? This vision of the redemptive revelation of who God is, is what is critical to us actually experiencing him. Because you see, in our hearts, we actually do not let go of our definition of God. Imagine if I go into a meeting or a, a relationship with someone based on my definition on who they are. Do you think that, re that their relationship's gonna work? Have you ever had that moment where, oh, Dylan and Delron, you guys were sharing that thing a, a while back, right? When they first became friends, right? They were sussing each other out and like, yeah, I don't like this guy, ish. It's tough, man, you know? And then they actually met and they connect and they were like, what? Dude, you are nothing like I thought you were gonna be. You guys ever have something like that? Right? Do you know why God is never the way you think he's going to be? It's because you're not letting him define who he is. You are still defining who God is. Are you with me? Do you think that is logical at all? No. Because how are you going to define an infinite God with your limited words? <laughs> you with me? Sure. Yeah. And you know what the thing is, is that the main connection, the main thing is the connection to the person. See, because we've got to call it what it is. It's the simple gospel. Are you with me, folks? It's the simple gospel. So whenever you think of the kingdom, whenever you think of vision, you think of the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what I wanted to get out of you guys earlier when I said, what does vision mean? What is the, revel the redemptive revelation of Christ what is, what is the connection point? Who is the connection point? It is the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. Amen? Are you, are you guys with me? You must remember one thing, guys. Love is awesome. Love is the greatest motive for anything on planet Earth. But love breeds purpose. Are you with me? Something he said, Nana, which was powerful, and he said that love is always to bring you out of yourself and for other people. So love always brings uh, a purpose, okay? And purpose, something is always created for a purpose, and God sees the potential in the purpose. Are you with me? In the person. Yeah. And he brings it out with love. Amen. Are you with me? I mean, when we have kids, we don't just have kids because we love to have kids and then we just leave them in the backyard to look after themselves. Well, well you shouldn't, but these days, I don't know. Yeah, yeah you yeah. shouldn't. So. <laughs> but when Trish and I decided we wanted kids, we didn't say, we just want to have kids because we love to have kids. No. 
We had a purpose and a vision in our hearts for our kids. And we knew that we have to love them into their full potential. Are you with me, family? This is what it's all about. So when we have those kids, we look at them and we go, sure. Then we have a relationship with them and we love them. And then we start to notice all the gifts that God's put in them. Whether those gifts are musical, or mathematical, uh, creative, or it doesn't matter what it is. And then we see the gifts that God has put in them. And then we have the responsibility to love those gifts out of them into the world. That's why they're there. They're not there just for lack of sake of having it at the family bra. Hey, uh, Jamie, come and sing us a song because you can sing well. Uh, Jaden, sing us a song so you can show everybody how talented you are. No, no, no. That gift was put there for a reason. That gift must fulfill its full potential. Whether it's uh, um, you've you got good management skills, logistic skills, whether it's people skills, financial skills, IT skills, uh, working good with your hands, whatever it is. God put that thing there because he, he loves that stuff when it gets used for its correct purpose. So if we, at any stage, guys, don't live out this life with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of all that stuff in us to be brought out for the other people around us, eventually what will happen to us, we die. We don't die, croak over dead and, and, and choke but we die in our daily reaching of potential. Are you with me? Yeah. Every day we've got to reach that potential. And the only way we reach that potential is when it is loved out of us. And that's what God wants to do. Yeah. He wants to love all those beautiful things that are in you that he put there out of you for other people, not just for you and him. We've got to understand that. What happened to David when he lost his vision? Anybody know? King David lost his vision for, for Israel. Now, he was a great worshiper. He is connected to God. He had all these, these amazing gifts and talents. We've heard about it. They say there was still no military warrior as great as David today. Apparently, in 100 meters, he could take out your eye with a, with a slingshot. He honed himself. He had gifts. He could play the harp, and the devil would dance right out of Saul. With that secret chord of his. <laughs> With that secret chord. I mean, he had all these gifts and all these things, and, but God had a bigger purpose for him, and that was to be the king of Israel so that he could manage and steward God's people. And when he lost his vision, he watched, he was sitting at the palace when everybody was at war at, at, uh, on the battlefield. He decided to sit at home, and his eye caught the naked bum of, uh, what's her name, Bathsheba. But he was what happened? He lost his purpose. He, f he lost his vision. He forgot who he was. You see, you're a steward, not just of your finances, you're a steward of your heart. You are a steward of every thought and every action and every emotion for the purpose of God. Listen, guys, there's nothing that God creates without purpose. I always use this one. It's a bit gross, but I'm going to use it again. Even the bacteria on your dog poo has purpose. I'm serious. Its purpose is to stink. No, I'm kidding. 
Are you with me? Hello? Hello? Did you know that dog poo is not made in the likeness and image of God? But you are. How much more purpose do you have? How much more is it your responsibility who has been given everything that you need to partake of the nature of God on this planet to look after the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the beasts of the field, the poor, the widows, the young, the needy, all your gifts, all your talents, everything, you as a unit have been made by love, with love, for purpose. If you don't fulfill that, if you lose your vision, guess what's going to happen? You won't connect to the Holy Spirit. You won't have something bigger than yourself to get up for every day. And when you don't have something bigger than yourself to get up for, you will become inward focused, and then you start to die. You can't move forward if you don't have something greater than yourself to move forward toward. Exactly. Are you with me? Yeah. Sure. That's what repentance means. 112 times in the Bible, repentance is used. Not once does it say repent from your sin. I don't know who told you that, but they're a liar. Yes. It says, it's meaning repent from dead works, repent from yourself. And whenever you repent from something, you've got to repent toward something. You can't just hoy a 360 all day long. Are you with me? You've got to repent towards God and his vision for your life. Not your... Your, your vision. So turn to the person next to you and say, whenever we speak of vision, we're speaking of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Whenever we speak of vision, we're speaking of the kingdom. Whenever we're speaking of the kingdom, we're speaking of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Amen? Our vision is never just a place, guys. Our vision is always a person because you were made Amen. for relationship. Amen. Your destination will never just be a career or a, a place. It'll always be the heart of God. Amen. Because that's what you were created for. If you don't believe me, let's go to John 16 and let's see what Jesus says here, okay? Let's go to John 16, verse 7, and then we're going to read it till 15. And we can read it together. Nevertheless, okay, so, so listen here. This is the problem with Christianity today. Christians think that the work of Christ finished on the cross. Now, we preach that every week. We say it's the finished work of God, okay? Is it the finished work of Christ? Hello? Are you guys sure about that? Yes, if you've been in this church and you're still not sure about that, it is the finished work of Christ, okay? <laughs> so it's finished, it's done, everything's paid for, there's no more that needed to be done. But if it just stays there and it's just about, well, Christ paid for it, I'm on my father's yacht, I can use and abuse anything, anytime, anywhere, I can live like I want, live any way I, I feel feels good or whatever it is, okay? What are we doing? We're not allowing the finished work to glorify God. Are you with me? That's good. A man without vision cannot glorify God. A man has to have vision in his heart before he can glorify God and his finished work on the cross. There was a purpose for the work on the cross. That's it. Wasn't just to love you. 
It was to love you to the point where you will become so whole that everything inside of you will now become for everyone around you. For your husband, your wife, your kids, your friends, your colleagues, for your country, for whatever it is. Are you with me? We only glorify God when we walk in vision. Amen? Listen to what Jesus says here. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Are you listening carefully? Okay? Jesus is just, I mean, he has just come back from being resurrected from the tomb. The disciples are like all over the place. What happened? And this is the first things he says to them. I must go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin. Because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Keep going. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you but, cannot bear, but you cannot bear them now. However, when, this, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now listen, Jesus did all the work, but listen to what the Holy Spirit's got to do. The Holy Spirit, okay, he will glorify me. How will the Holy Spirit glorify God or glorify Jesus? He will glorify Jesus when he takes of what is Jesus and he puts it in your heart. And when you live out everything that Jesus died for you to have, and you walk in that vision, you glorify God. Hello? Yeah. So, so he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that, my, that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Wow, you are a person of purpose. Mm. Wow, you are a person that God has big plans for. Are you with me? Yeah. It's not just me, myself, and I, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I've got the ticket, brother. <laughs> if you live that way, you will be a Christian, you might be reborn, you might be going to heaven, but let me tell you something. You will land up Destroying your life before you get there. Mm -hmm. Because a man without vision dies. Yes. And it is the Holy Spirit's job, you just heard, to take what is Christ's and to reveal it to you so that you can glorify him. Amen. Are you with me? Turn to the person next to you and say, the Holy Spirit is my vision. Let's go to, let's go to Galatians. Sorry, Bash, I don't mm. know if you wanted to jump in there, but let's go to Galatians quickly. I'm going to show you something. Uh, let's go to Galatians 12, uh, sorry, 3.12. While Daryl's going there, again, guys, when you talk about glorifying God, the picture that you get is not based on yourself. It's not based on anything you're doing. Jesus himself says, this is so that you may bear much fruit to the glory of my Father. It's not your career, it's not your business, it's not your money, it's not your people, it's not anything you have. It's about the fruit of the Spirit. 
have the right picture about what will bring glory to God. A lot of people is like, I'm so successful, praise God. Okay, but why is your success bringing glory to God? That doesn't make sense. If your success goes tomorrow because of the way the world changes, then what, no more glory? Hello? I love it when these guys, uh, I was speaking to Justin about it a couple of weeks ago. These boas, they call themselves the financial boas of the church. And they're like, I've got to go make millions because I've got to do it for the gospel, guys. I've got to do it for the kingdom. Are you saying the, kingdom, the kingdom's in lack? So you've got to bring your finances to the kingdom because the kingdom's in lack. No, 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 no. When you start to tap into that stuff, okay, that God has put inside you. It's not, to, it's not to help the kingdom. The kingdom's here to help you. Exactly. The kingdom, the kingdom is paid for by the blood of Christ. No money is going to make the kingdom better. But what happens is when you tap into your purpose and plans and gifts that God has given you, it brings you to another level of life in your relationship with God. It's not for the sake of the kingdom and the souls. and the, It's for the sake of you doing what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. Exactly. Some are called to give. That's what the Bible says. And they have the gifts to make money. So do what you have to do and watch what the Holy Spirit's going to show you in your own heart. Exactly. We are called to people. Do you see how the body operates? Some of you are called to, to business. Some of you are called to whatever. Are you with me? But this is so important. It's so important. But look here, let's just get to Galatians. It says, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by faith. Keep going. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Okay, so everything that Christ did was for what? For you to get the Holy Spirit. Do, are you guys with me? If you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, you're not a man or a woman of vision. If you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, connecting with Him all day long, you're not living in the kingdom because the Bible says the kingdom of God is not right, is not, almost said the wrong way, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not physical things. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Amen. What's, let me ask that question again. So what is vision in the Bible? It's the Holy Spirit. Exactly. The Holy Spirit wants to declare to you all day long of what is yours that Jesus paid for. And when you grab onto it and you live it out, Jesus gets glorified by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's it. You are a, per a person of purpose. Mm. There is so much potential in you. They say, you know, it's not fearful to die. It's fearful to live and never reach your potential. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Imagine you never walk with the Holy Spirit. You just hang on to that ticket to heaven. You hang on to it like that's all you got. And you miss out mm. on everything else between now and then. Yeah. And when you leave this place, you're like a vacuum. All it was was just you, yourself, and yourself. Doesn't work when you say it that way. Eh? <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Are you with me, guys? Hello? Are you with me? Yeah. 
There is a bigger purpose for us than ourselves. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you, man. And God has called me for you. <laughs> Amen. So, so I think what's important is, because like this is, this is good stuff this morning, guys, right? Amen. But how many of you, when you're hearing this now, you're like, oof. Because the first thing that's going into your mind is, but what about all the things I'm busy doing? Jeez, Bash, are you reading our minds? What? It's like, how much do I got to sacrifice now to fulfill my purpose? What about everything I love? And what about all the people? And what about all this, you know? Can you see what you did there immediately? You left the Holy Spirit out of it. You made a judgment on how you should fulfill that purpose. When the whole thing has been about by the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Amen? Are you guys with me? Philippians chapter 1. Verse, let's go verse, uh, from verse 3, Ronnie. Ah, uh, oh, sorry, verse 9. Verse 9. Now, that, that, that uh, um, thought pattern that I just explained now, right, this is something that's very crippling for people to walk with the Holy Spirit. And the reason it's crippling is because we as people are ridiculously controlling because we are so overwhelmed with lack and fear right? So it's not okay for us just for it to be one step closer. We need the whole thing now. We're a bunch of spoiled brats, okay? We've been brought up like that, and then when we, we reach adult life, we start earning money, money gives us power, and now we start doing everything our own way, right? Don't tell me I need to follow the Holy Spirit. I can sign a paper and get it now, but what are you talking about? I can get it now. I'll just go finance it. Boom, cheers. It's like a, okay, but did the Holy Spirit tell you to go do that? No, but then I got to wait for him. I don't get my thing now. It's like, okay, but why are you being a brat? Why do you need that thing so much? We're supposed to be fulfilled in him. Are you with me? But listen to what Paul prays here. He says, and this is my prayer, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. Right? My translation says, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Right? Verse 10. So that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, hold on. That didn't sound like the thing, don't worry, God's going to magically do everything in your life, right? What's he talking about here, right? And do you guys remember that the whole start of this year, we were talking about the paradox about how you are in the world, but, okay, you guys do remember, perfect, all right? So what does that mean? It means that you carry spiritual reality that is always natural potential. Bash, what are you saying? Let's see. Let's say God tells you, this is a good idea, go this way, all right? And you decide, all right, cool, I'm going to hoi, let's go. But you leave him behind and you don't let him lead you along the way and then it fails. What do you do? Come to the Wednesday prayer meeting, you broke, busted and disgusted. You say, Pastor Diddy, please pray for me. It's like, what? It's like, no, something happened, it's the devil. Or I miss God. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, God told me this is it. We prayed and we all agreed this is the way I should go, but why is it falling apart? 
Everyone went a bit nervous there. We've all had this in our lives. I'm being real this morning. We've all had this. We've heard from the Lord. This is the way we should go. Hello? And then it just ends up being one big chamos. Do you know why? Because you see, God being spirit, he is always perfect tense. We discussed that in the faith series. It's always perfect tense. Therefore, what God shows us is the perfect potential that something can be. But what's the catch? He says, I need to lead you there because the way that I'm going to take you, you don't know. Why don't you know? It's because you're still carnal. You're still in your flesh. You're not in his logic. You're still in your own. And he wants to give us a way that will take us to the full potential that's available. Are you with me? How many people uh, have you met in life where they say, okay, no, God told us we're for each other. Cool. And then a couple years later, you start believing that God told us we're for each other so that we could be at war every day. Not that so we can like have a, a, a peaceful, fruitful relationship. Are you guys with me? Some people say, no, God told, this is a business idea God's given me. And then two years, three years later, you find yourself working 19 hours a day. Your health is gone. You don't have any people in your life. But you convince yourself, God said I must do this. How can God give an instruction that produces something that is not congruent with who he is? It is not scriptural. Therefore, if there is any corruption, where is it coming from? Galatians tells us any corruption comes from the flesh. Nowhere else. And it was the same thing in the entire Bible, guys. What did God say to Abraham? Go to the place I'll show you. Okay. Why did God have to say that? Because if God says, listen, here's your Google pen, I'll see you there. What way was Abraham going to take along the way and get himself killed? Then, where was the Messiah? God rocks up to Abraham and Sarah, or Abraham and Sarah, and he says, uh, I'm going to give you a son, right? And he will be, he will give birth to the descendants of generation. You know the whole story, right? Talking about the, the, the generation of faith, which is you and I, right? What was their response? Oh, Lord, what are you saying? I'm so old. I'm dead in my body. My wife's womb is closed. Ah, oh, man, Lord. You know, really? I know you're God and everything, but really, you know? What was God doing? He was giving Abraham a vision of what the perfect spirit reality is. And not only that, he gave Abraham the vision with the condition that he will do it. See, because a lot of us think that God's given a word, we must go do it. No, 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 no. God gives a vision and he will lead us to it. By what? By his grace. You know, we've had a discussion about this, right? And I know we, we're on time here, but I need to get this point across. We, yeah, we're on time. <laughs> we had a discussion about it. This is the part where Uncle Trev says, carry on, man. Hey, Uncle Trev? Yeah, he's nodding. All right, sorry. You got any problems? Speak to him afterwards, all right? But we had a discussion and we were like, why did Cain kill Abel? Do you guys ever ask that question? It's like, oh no, because God rejected him. No, God didn't reject Cain. He rejected his offering. He, he stole his cabbage. <laughs> what are you saying? You guys, uh, who has the fruit and veg shops? The Portuguese. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a joke, okay? Right? But why did Cain kill Abel? <laughs> I 
I thought you were gonna say because he wanted to disable him. No, I'm kidding. I think <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's called Kane is the alcohol, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Kane is the alcohol, Opa. Come on, man. Yes, see. You and your premix, huh? No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so listen, right? Why did Cain do it? Do you know why? It's because in the garden, Eve heard the word that her seed was gonna save humanity. So with the way that Eve raised Cain, he was a brat. He's like, no, don't worry, my child. You're the chosen one. Don't worry what God demands. You can bring whatever you want. Eve decided how to raise Cain. And you see that throughout the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, someone gets an instruction and they run. <laughs> but God, you said. I was like, yeah, I said, but you don't realize that the qualification of that statement is that I take you there. I do it. I show you. There's no element of this that you can produce. Because that perfect reality exists only in me. It only comes to natural reality by my ability, by my grace. Are you with me? And I'm telling you now, guys, every single one of us so easily fall into this perpetual cycle of, I wish I could just have rest. God, I'm doing all the things. I'm trying. You said, your word says, Lord. But imagine taking the word of God and applying it with a logic that is dead. Are we not foolish to think we're going to get some life out of that? You will, what? Loose what's in heaven as on earth, you know, what, what is it bound you will buy? You know that whole story? Yeah, then we go pray for 12 hours, binding and loosing things. That's not what the scripture says. Daniel fasted 21 days. Yeah. No meat. Phew. It's unbiblic. No, I'm kidding. It's there in the Bible. I don't know if it's for the new people, right? But what do we do? No, 21 days, we're going to get holy. We're going to get disciplined. We're going to do all this stuff. Okay, but hold on. Just because there's a biblical principle, is that the biblical principle for you now? Have you checked that your heart is open to that? Because all you're going to do is you're going to end up burning out and you're going to hate God for it. End of story. And that's what we call a dead work. You took it and you left life himself out of it. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4. And we need to finish this next week. That's why it's called the simple gospel, guys. Amen? The simple gospel. What's the, simpl the simplicity of this? Is that... It's all been done for, it's all been paid for. Then Jesus actually left so that he could give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now is your app for life. Yeah. You want an app for everything. You want an app on the internet to do this and do that and do this. But what about your app for life? Exactly. Amen. He is your app for life. You do everything through him. You do everything by him. Not by might, not by power, but by, by the Spirit, Spirit of God. God. Amen. Amen. We have to keep the vision. What is keeping the vision? We kindle that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. It's so beautiful about keeping the vision. It doesn't have to get recast every week like your manager does at work. <laughs> Are you with me? When you're in connection with the Holy Spirit... Just because, you, have you ever spent time with somebody who loves money, guys? Now, somebody who loves money, when you walk away from them, and you've spent two, three days with them, or something, whatever it is, it's you, too long. You, actually, you actually feel that, that 
that stuff. Yeah. Because all they spoke about is where they're going, how much they're going to make, where they, are you with me? They never spoke about God. They never spoke love. They never, it's all about me, me, where I'm going, how much I'm making this, the whole thing. Are you with me? And you walk away from them actually feeling poor. And they think they're making you feel empowered and rich. But you actually walk away feeling poor and disabled. Mm. But when you spend time with your true vision, the Holy Spirit, He will show you, you it's like you, you're with the person that's not trying to do anything. You're with the most secure person that ever existed. And in Him being so secure, He's so full of love. He knows who He is. Nothing shakes Him. Nothing breaks Him. Amen. And when you spend time with Him, He leads you with that security. It becomes a part of you. You get His vision, and then you get His, his ability to get there. Mm. And He imparts it's impartation from Him on you all day long, all the way through that relationship. Man, it's power. It's empowering. It's not entitling. It's empowering. Exactly. It's amazing how the Christians who just want to be saved to go to heaven, how entitled they are. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like Cain. They don't pay their bills when they do business with people. Do you know that? Most Christians in business are terrible. Because they go, oh, yeah, I don't pay my bills because I'm, I'm under the grace of God. The same grace who took, is going to take me to heaven one day. But you might go and spend uh, some time in jail before you get there. Because you're not paying your bills. You might live on the street because you're not paying. Are you with me? You might lose so much on the way there. Yeah. This is all about the Holy Spirit. He is your promise. Amen. 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 Turn to the person next to you and say, Man, I ain't looking left. I ain't looking right. I ain't looking inward. I ain't looking externally. I'm looking into the kingdom, into my vision, into that person. I'm looking into the Holy Spirit for everything that I need. Amen. 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 And make that your practical focus, guys. You want to talk about being a practical Christian. You want to talk about someone who has influence, someone who, who can impact people with the gospel. That is someone who is intimately focused on connecting heart to heart with God. You coming here and saying, I've been in church with our walls for 10 years. I never missed a service. I love that. But that's not your key to having power in this life. Everything that you learn, how's it though? Oh, no, it's fine. Everything that, yeah, we're closing. Everything that you learn in life, through study, through whatever it is, right? Everything that you learn, you must imagine that it goes into a toolbox or a bookshelf in your life. But it's not around, it's not based on that bookshelf. What it's based on is that you're sitting at the table like this with the Holy Spirit. And he says, hey, hey, remember that thing? Just bring it down here. I'm going to show you how to use that now. When you go to the toolbox, he says, remember? Um, Didi was teaching. Yeah, bring that out. Yeah, I want to show you how this applies to you. Every single day that you're alive, guys, make the decision to live by faith. Forget the suffering. Forget the, the frustration, the irritations of life. The key of getting over that is not to focus on it. It's to connect with God. It's to be in love with Him. It's to know how much He's in love with you. There is nothing that can give your life meaning and purpose than that. Are you with me? 
Hey, God is good, man. God is good. Won't you close your eyes, bow your heads? I'm, I know we ran over, but we, we've been starting a lot later lately than usual. But anyway. No comments. <laughs> no comments. You guys must discipline us, eh? <laughs> Check Mel. She's like, I can't wait to discipline these guys. <laughs> But I can see you guys are not even fidgeting. You guys are not even moving around, thinking. One or two, I can see. I can see the roast chicken in their eyes. But the rest of them, they look pretty solid, man. Pretty solid. I'm proud of you guys. Proud of you. Maybe it was what I said about the Chinese that convicted you. I don't know. <laughs> so close your eyes. And let's say this together. This is the simple gift, the simple promise. Okay. This is what we're going to say. Holy Spirit, you are my vision. This is the simple gospel that I live by. Everything that I need, everything that I, I look, look for, everything that I desire, everywhere I have to go, everyone I have to hook up with, it all going to happen through you, Holy Spirit. I will do the right thing at the right time with the right people in the right place with the right motive because I did it through you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. My vision is clear. It's not blurred. It's not half self-power, half Holy Spirit power. No, it's all Holy Spirit power. That's how I'm living from today on. I am a people of purpose. <laughs> Amen. Give him a big shout of praise. <clears throat> Guys, you know, you know what our, you know, for me, it's better than winning a, a million bucks at the, at, the, at the lottery or a hundred million is seeing you guys. This is what gets, this is what gives us uh, our, uh, what's the right word? This is what makes us tick is when we see you guys fulfill your passions in God. Not running off and fulfilling it by yourself because we know that's going to hurt you. But that's what makes us get up in the morning because God has put that on our hearts. You are our call. Amen. Our higher call is God, but for the purpose of you fulfilling everything that God has put in you. And the only way we get in there is through the vision of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Keep Him close to your hearts and we'll see you guys on Wednesday.